Welcome to the Finance Cafe podcast, the business podcast for women entrepreneurs that breaks through the money taboo and explores what's behind the numbers. Join your hosts, Shannon Peston and Shauna Frederick every week as they dive into conversations about business and finance with women entrepreneurs and the experts that support them to answer all those questions you have about the numbers and maybe some you haven't even thought of yet. With their combined experience in business, finance, and accounting, Shannon and Shauna know that financial management is more than just understanding the numbers, but understanding how our unique lived experiences, knowledge, thoughts, and behaviors around money shape the financial decisions we make in our companies. Here on the Finance Cafe podcast, presented by Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, we're changing the way we talk about business and finance, empowering women entrepreneurs to see their business in a new light. One conversation at a time. Business owners know they are the backstop to cash flow in their household and in some cases their business. But what happens if you suddenly pass away? Business owners concentrate on the day-to-day operations. And even though statistics reveal more entrepreneurs want to buy life insurance, people get stuck in a holding pattern of procrastination. They think life insurance is a daunting task. Today, I have the opportunity to sit down with Tracy Duff, founder of Sky Planning Group. Tracy breaks down in easy to digest terms the different types of life insurance available, what life insurance can be used for, and more importantly, the reasons why entrepreneurs should have life insurance. Tracy comes to our conversation with over 25 years of experience and a true passion for ensuring entrepreneurs have the resources in place to cover the list of responsibilities that creates peace of mind when the unexpected happens. I hope you enjoy today's conversation as much as I did. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Frederick. Today, I'm excited to dive into a conversation with Tracy Duff, founder of Sky Planning Group. Today, we're diving into a conversation about why every entrepreneur should have life insurance. This is a big topic, and I know that for so many entrepreneurs, We don't even know what life insurance really means. So Tracy's going to, you know, debunk some myths, give us some great information. But Tracy, before we get started, why don't you tell our audience who Tracy Duff is? What do you do? And why do you do it? Who is Tracy Duff? Well, I'm a 25-year seasoned business owner that really knows the loneliness entrepreneurs experience when they're starting in business building a business and turning a small business into a future legacy. It's the hardest work a person will ever do. And also it is the most rewarding as you travel through those stages of life. So I'm actually known for helping business owners define what's needed to create their plans for general buyouts, tax-efficient wealth dispersals, legacy planning for G1 and G2, which means generation one and generation two. And my favorite thing is working with people that have a heart for philanthropy planning. So um, why I facilitate the purchase of life insurance is actually um, very heartfelt. Um, I have delivered life insurance death claims to loved ones. 
these loved ones, like money for them is instant relief. Like, yes, they're grieving for their spouse, but to grieve your spouse and grieve family members, but also then have financial problems, it's a real relief to know that your household expenses are covered, your business expenses are covered. And more importantly, like people need to know that they need insurance to maintain that standard of living. Even if you're not there, the family still needs the income. And it's more than just, oh, well, the mortgage is paid off. But if the household runs on 10,000 a month, the household still needs $10,000 a month. So I'm very, very passionate about making sure that uh, grief and dire financial problems do not go together. So one of my life goals is to inspire everyone, especially entrepreneurs, to invest in financial planning outside of their daily business activities. And planners do keep people focused on their main business goals. And if the owner dies, the finances in order for those left behind. That's so right. That was a pretty long answer. So I don't know if I covered everything or not. No, I think that was so wonderful, Tracy, because I mean, I know from speaking with you over the last few weeks as we've been preparing for this, this is really a heartfelt um, mission for you. I mean, you're not in the build, the business of selling something. You're in the business of building relationships and ensuring that families are taken care of. And I, so it just, it warms my heart uh, to be having this conversation today. And, and I so appreciate what you're doing and how you're doing it. Well, thank you. Um, the life insurance business and like, well, for even any business owner, I said earlier, it's lonely, but um, I have worked in an industry that has been male dominated for the whole of my life. And I've had some very wonderful people um, mentor me and guide me. And it's so nice to be in a room with other women now at industry professional development events that I, I really was actually very honored to be invited here today to actually share this because this is an industry that is um, actually imploding and needing a lot more people to um, help entrepreneurs sort out their life insurance. And people like you, Tracy, to help them understand even what that means. So, but before we get into all of that, I, I came across a stat as we were preparing for this conversation that about 57% of Canadians feel they do not have enough coverage to meet all of their needs in unexpected circumstances. So enough coverage being insurance. And sadly, and I think this was the shocker, less than 30% of Canadians responding to a global survey by Statstica felt they were well-informed about their insurance and what options they had. So not only do Canadians, are Canadians saying they're not well-prepared in terms of insurance, less than 30% actually knew what type of insurance was available. So you've been in the business for over 25 years. What have you seen in terms of the number of people passing away without insurance? Or maybe what have you seen with respect to why people aren't getting insurance? Is this something that you can relate to the stat that was done? Oh, this stat is is in my in my world every day. And it... Like it is just devastating because 
what we're finding out is people do a lot of research, but they still want to actually have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone about what they're doing. And things have changed over the last how many years with um, you know, people doing a lot more online meetings and people having trouble getting and having those relationships with people. But on the other side, what we've done in our office is we, we have actually spun that in a way where we have found a way for people to get their insurance, do it online, but have a face-to-face -face relationship with us. So we get we've we've taken it and turned it in a different way because. Business owners are really concentrating on their day-to-day -day operations. And even though the statistics say more entrepreneurs want to buy insurance, um, people get stuck in a holding pattern of procrastination. And they think life insurance becomes a daunting task. So what we've done is we've sorted that out and we brought it down to a place where people can reach out to us. We can put that in place. And for our existing clients, like we meet with them probably once a year and once every three years in person, we insist. And then the rest of the time, we work on whatever portfolio items they need help with and usually more than their life insurance. But we do that over over a web call because it's something that they're actually liking and they're finding that those shorter meeting bites are actually working better for them. So. I, lo I love that, Tracy. And, you know, you mentioned that a lot of entrepreneurs will, will go through the process of doing the research and then we get stuck, right? We're going, okay, there's all of these terms. There's all of this information. And I'm sure you've heard, well, I'm a healthy individual, so I can put this off for one, two, three, five years. I don't need life insurance. So let's start breaking down high level. Let's look at an overview of the different types of life insurance. So can you share with us? And I know you've created a handy reference that I love. We're going to share with our listeners in our show notes. But let's start with some of the uh, some of the different types of life insurance available. My philosophy is that um, every business owner knows they're the backstop to their cash flow in their household. And especially in the early stages of their businesses, um, people of integrity want to like pay off their debts and they want to provide a standard of living and um, they want to care for and leave funds for the ones left behind. But um, the results is knowing that the resources are in place, um, but it's difficult to create a peace of mind when you're faced with all kinds of research. So. What we're looking at here is an article um, called What is Term Insurance? And it's put out by uh, Amy Danze, who is a Forbes advisor. She's been at Forbes for 20 years and they do their fast fact checking because I want to make this like a relationship with people that are on your podcast so they could understand if they don't remember everything that I tell them because they should just really reach out for help. But um when you want to know what term insurance is, that's that's one high level. There's term, there's whole life, and there's universal life. Um, whole life and universal life are considered permanent insurance. And term is actually really simple. It's a contract between a policy owner and an insurance company 
that says if the insured person passes away while the policy is in force, the death benefit will be paid to the beneficiaries on the policy. So if you're buying term insurance, um, you have two decisions to make. The length of the term that you want to have it in place and the amount of coverage. So, for example, term insurance is really used for, you know, you buy a business from someone or you hold a mortgage, something that has a defined period of time and you want it to actually cover for something specific. Um, it's the cheapest way to buy insurance. And it allow, it, it's really great for uh, people starting in business or people that have cash flows, you know, their cash flow conscience in their business. And the reason that is, is you can buy a ton of it and it's cheap. And once you have term insurance, as long as you're paying for it, no one can take it away. And if you become unhealthy or in a place where a life insurance company says we will not sell you any more life insurance because you're not healthy term insurance has a conversion option to move into permanent oh interesting okay yes and so if i'm working with someone that you know is just having a tough time making a decision they really usually what happens is people really want permanent insurance but I can always back up the bus a little bit and say, hey, you can have permanent insurance later. If you do not have any insurance, and for example, myself, I uh, recovered from an illness where the doctors say that I am not insurable for five years. I look great, I feel great, but I am not insurable. So I'm in a place where if, I um, have term insurance, then what I can do, it doesn't matter that an insurance company won't, won't insure me. I have the term insurance. I phone up my insurance advisor and say, I want some permanent quotes. And they can do that conversion right from the term over to the permanent. And I would say that is one of the most beautiful things that helps people make decisions because it's not so much pressure right from the get-go when you're learning the the way to run your business and let alone also the management outside the operations. So, so Tracy, I'm going to pause you there for a minute because I just want to recap a few high-level things on term insurance. So term insurance, you really have a few, like three decisions. The length of your policy how much coverage, so how much your policy is going to pay out and your beneficiaries, right? Okay. Is that it? And you also okay. noted that it's great for cash conscious businesses. So we think about some startups that may not have enough cash flow. So this is a great, so it's sort of like an introduction policy. We can get in, we can get into a, you know, a term policy for a short period of time to maybe test the waters if we don't have good cash flow or we're just starting out in our business. Would that be a good summary of that? That's an excellent summary. I would also add to that that when you have that term in place, it just remember it is convertible. And the part that I try to tell people is even if you're only buying term insurance, find an advisor across the desk that you actually like. And um, part of that is just because it's term insurance, a person should still have a relationship with that person. 
That is an excellent point because those relationships can really drive great conversations. We as individuals, we feel so much more comfortable sharing information with somebody that we can trust that we're building a relationship with, as opposed to somebody who we're maybe not as comfortable having that conversation with. Well, exactly. It's sort of like um, in our office, we're uniquely known to reach out to our clients and say, hey, your term is coming due. Um, it's going to renew at an increased premium. Do you want to talk about that and get a reminder of how you understand that? Because we all think that, oh, we're going to have our debt paid off in 10 years or we're going to have it paid off in five years. But usually what happens is we go bigger, have more debt and realize that, oh, you know what? This first term policy is great, but maybe I need a second one because I've taken on more debt. So the best insurance that you have is the insurance that you bought originally. So if you bought, you know, a million dollars of death benefit five years ago and you need another million dollars now, you can go buy another policy. I love that. And just to clarify, Tracy, so if I'm buying a term life insurance policy, does it only cover my beneficiary, me, and if I pass away, or does it also cover me if I'm disabled and can no longer work? So term insurance is only paid, term life insurance is only paid out on the death of the life insurance. Okay. Okay. Now, we're getting a little bit deeper. And so term insurance does have what's called riders. So you can buy a rider that if you become disabled, the life insurance company will pay the premiums for you. They will not pay you a disability benefit, but you can buy a rider that if you become disabled, the policy is essentially paid up and stays in force for the term that you bought. And is there a standard term? Is it one year, five year, 10 year, or is it you choose the term as I think you mentioned in the beginning? Uh, the industry usually does uh, five-year, 10-year, 15-year. You could even buy a term to 100. But um, technically, when we start talking about term to 100, then we're falling into the permanent category. And basically, it's a policy with no cash value in it at all. And um, I believe that permanent insurance has different reasons than term insurance. Term insurance is for debt and income replacement. Permanent insurance, that is actually for uh, estate equalization, tax on estate, and it's also a place like people also use life insurance policies as investment accounts. So um, we're diving into permanent a little bit, but if we go back to the term, there is maybe cases on a per client decision of what we would, why we would choose a certain length of term period. Now, let's say a person buys a million dollars of face amount. They made that decision. They bought a 10-year term. What that means is the premium is guaranteed by the life insurance company to be the same for 10 years. But inside that contract, right from day one, they already know what the new premium will be in the 11th year. So they can keep the policy 
and the premium will increase in 10 year increments. And then all policies will uh, be finished or close their term around age 80, 85. I'm just telling you though, that it gets very expensive to hold term past age 50 and 60. Okay. Usually people do their, ter their term conversion over to permanent somewhere, maybe in their 40s. Okay, so I just want to clarify because you, you said, okay, if I purchase a 10-year term life insurance with a face value of a million dollars, the face value of a million dollars, does that mean if something happens to me within those first 10 years, my beneficiary will receive a million dollars? Is that what the face value means? Yes, but the premium is guaranteed for 10 years. If you decide to keep the policy longer than 10 years, as long as you're paying the premium, the death benefit is tax-free, paid to your beneficiaries. Excellent. Okay. So I and think that's, that's because life insurance actually follows under the federal uh, uh, Widows and Orphans Act. It's the last thing that actually people get tax-free that we are allowed to have. So it's actually a good thing to have. Amazing. Okay, that was a great overview of term life. Let's dive into permanent life now. We sort of dabbled in it, but so we have term life, which is, you know, sort of geared towards if you're just sort of doing a little bit of a dabble into, okay, I'm not sure what I need, but I need something. Let's get into, a, you know, whether it's a 10-year or 15-year policy at guaranteed premium amounts. Now let's look at permanent life insurance. And sorry, I just want to go back. So term life, you also mentioned, would be good for if something happens to the entrepreneur, if they pass away, it's good for cash flow or repayment of debt, right? And actually what the beautiful part of term insurance is, is the needs can change. Like maybe you get that first debt paid off, but oh, geez, you know what? Um, our family has grown. So we want to keep that money around for, you know, standard of living, like, like the the product is always there and what you want to use it for can change. There's no qualification on what you use the money for. It's just that you got to make sure that your proper beneficiary is named. Amazing. Okay. Now let's dive into permanent. So high level overview, what is permanent life insurance? What do I use it for? How do I set it up? So when a person comes to our office and they we go through, this is what a uh, million dollars of term would cost. We And then we show them how the premium increases in those 10-year increments. We always go over to the second column and the third column. And the second column, um, third column is permanent insurance. One is whole life and one is universal life. So, um Permanent insurance policies provide lifelong coverages and you can build cash inside of them. And you can also um, have money grow in them on a tax deferred basis. So for a person that has like maxed out their RSPs and they have maxed out their tax-free savings accounts and they're still paying tax on the growth of non-registered money, a lot of times they'll buy a permanent life insurance policy 
and they'll use it for long-term planning and they're allowed to deposit cash into it, which will grow on a tax-deferred basis. So the beauty of that cash value is um, you can grow it, but if you start out with a million dollars of whole life death benefit, the policy pays dividends every year. So then your death benefit starts to grow. So after the first year, maybe it would be, I'm just using numbers off the top of my head because I'm better with numbers than I am with words. Maybe the first year, the, the death benefit is a million dollars. 10,000. Mm-hmm. And then the third year, it's a million dollars, 15,000. But the whole point is the way the cash value grows inside the life insurance policy, it also increases the death benefit. So it can be a multi purpose and flexible um, asset. And the reason it's called an asset is because a person can, it's like owning a house, you can pay for the house forever. Or you can pay up the house quicker Mm -hmm. and then the house eventually is paid for. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, It is more expensive than term insurance, but people use it for different reasons. You can, you can use it for, um, like I said, saving money. You can use it for tax on a state. If a person has a million dollars of RSP money and they are a single person or they're a survivor of an RSP that transferred to them, you have to remember that on the death of the last surviving spouse, that RSP is fully taxable. So that would put them in a 48% tax bracket. So on a million dollar death, like on a million dollar our RSP accounts, 480000 of it is going to CRA. Mm-hmm. If you buy a million-dollar life insurance policy, the whole million dollars is paid out to the client, and then they've they've paid their CRA bill with cents on the dollar. So those are like planning things that we work through in relationships that even though a person starts out with term insurance, we help them and guide them along to um, places that they need to change and make the insurance flexible based on their cash flow and running their businesses because they're they're a long-term asset and permanent life insurance like term life insurance is paid out on a tax-free basis is that correct yes in fact even the growth inside which is the cash value is paid out tax-free amazing so with your permanent life insurance you get dividends paid back into your policy. So that million dollar policy will continue to grow as you pay your premiums. Is that correct? Yes. And I'll clarify that a whole life policy works that way. Now, the other permanent policy is called the universal life policy. And um, the growth inside that policy is usually set to um, the the set the same way as a portfolio that a person would own in money. So you might have GICs, you might have stocks, you might have equities. Um, So the difference between the whole life and the universal life is the whole life policy um, growth comes from the dividend of the profit of that particular life insurance company. The growth inside of a universal life policy is tied to the actual 
market that you're invested in. Okay. Um, so um, usually universal life is a little bit cheaper than whole life because um, permanent, um, pardon me, whole life policy providers, those life insurance companies, they usually compete to get a pretty nice rate of return inside those policies. So a lot of us, um, in the last few years, when you're looking at GICs, would have been satisfied with like <laughs> four or five percent rate of return. Well, those permanent policies um, that are whole life category were paying four, five, and six percent between life insurance companies competing for rate of return. Whereas universal life, if you have a universal life policy with money in it right now, it would be tied to the actual market. And so your advisor would work with you to um, reveal your investment risk. And then what they would do is they would say, well, if you're a low risk uh, person, maybe it'll take 15 years to double your money. If you're a higher risk person, there would be a lot more fluctuation. So that is a little bit of a difference between whole life and universal life. And are the dividends guaranteed in any way? Is or is it like the stock market where you're you're not you're not necessarily guaranteed any rate of return? In the whole life policy, um, there is a minimum dividend that is guaranteed. Right. And that is usually somewhere between two to cheese. I want to say two to three percent, but don't quote me on that. Okay. And then the growth, um, the client usually would net out between four, five, and six percent. So when people are showing you a whole life policy, there's always the guaranteed values that will be there forever that are contractual. And then um, based on the profits of the company, you could get a higher dividend. And depending on the advisor that you choose and the relationship that you have with them, it's our rule of thumb that we always um, under promise and over deliver. Mm. So we will only show, um, you know, the lowest guarantee amount and then, you know, a reasonable amount. Um, you know, I have seen some universal life illustrations that um, are a little bit um, are a little bit exaggerated. However, um, it, that can come down to people understanding how their you know their investment risk works. Right. So if it's a long term thing, well maybe you could have some of those higher returns. Amazing. And if I'm purchasing, so I still have my, is it still called a face value in a, in a permanent policy? If I still have a face value of a million dollars, am I still guaranteed that million dollars plus the benefit of additional dividends? Or could I possibly lose any of that face value? You cannot lose any of that face value. And that's like if you are also fulfilling your side of the contract where you're paying the premium that, you know, was originally showed to you. And like, actually, um, life insurance policy illustrations, whether they're term or they're permanent, they're very easy to read and understand. So um, enjoy that experience when you sit down with someone so that you can kind of say like how that growth comes together for you. Amazing. Okay. That I, you know, I wanted to get into a high level, but I think it was important that we got into that much detail because people don't know this information. 
right? We don't know the different nuances between between term insurance and permanent and whole life and universal life. So thank you for, for going through that. And again, we will put the articles um, that you were referencing inside the show notes so our listeners can can have a look at that. So Tracy, now that we've gone through and we've had a good detailed discussion on what type of insurance that that we can get. Who do I call? Who do I even call to start the conversation? If I've done some preliminary research and now I think I want to get term life insurance, who do I call? You've probably had it in the back of your mind that you needed life insurance for a while. And I always advise my existing clients that if they're happy with me, um, when they're sitting around the fireplace or they're out and about and their friends say to them, oh my gosh, we need to get some wills done. Oh my gosh, we need to get our finances in order. We need some help. We don't even have enough life insurance. I'll say to the client, that's the time to say, you know what? Call my person, uh, Tracy Duff from Sky Planning Group. The thing that's interesting about that is um, people that love their financial planners want to tell you about it. Um, and so I say to people, you know, sometimes we're polite and we keep things private. So I would advise a person to start asking a business colleague who they use as a life insurance advisor. And they will tell you about the person in a most revered way. Um, they'll say that advisor is most knowledgeable trusted and they always represent them with integrity and look after their best interest and um, they will also tell you that that planner has saved them all kinds of tax dollars likely future tax dollars but they'll be passionate about their close relationship because if there's any problem when they pick up the phone that's the first person they call so start there now if you're on your own, um, I would look for a provincially, provincially licensed person holding out as a certified financial planner. That's a designation offered by the Financial Planning Council of Canada or a life insurance advisor that, you know, is under the supervision of a, a CFP. Because if really a person needs term insurance, you can start a relationship with someone that's brand new in the business as an entrepreneur. Because they maybe have that gift of actually creating a relationship with you. So, and um, the, the biggest thing is the person that you seek out should be someone that can play, that can explain life insurance in an easy to understand matter. And they're only looking at, you know, they're all, I gotta say that again, pardon me. So if you're on your own, I would say you should look for a provincially licensed person holding out as a certified financial planner or a life insurance advisor. Um, the advisor that you seek should be someone that explains life insurance in an easy to understand manner and is only looking out for your best interest because it's fine to start with someone that, you know, the woman that is looking for, you know, an entrepreneurial experience 
and they have an eye for, they want to actually build relationships with their clients, that's absolutely fine. So they can be supervised and usually are by a certified financial planner. So um, starting with term, um, one thing that I can clarify for you is you can buy a term life insurance policy from one advisor and it's usually transferable to another independent advisor. You don't have to stay with that person as an advisor forever. Um, the, the biggest thing is just start with getting the insurance in place in case you become uninsurable. And I love our one of our previous conversations, you said to me, you know, who you call and where to start should be the only difficult part in this whole process. So and it yes. is difficult, right? It, because a lot of times we don't share this information um, with respect to advisors. And it's okay if you have a great advisor that you work with, shout their name out because other people deserve to have a great advisor the same as you do. So thank you for that information. So we've talked about the different types of life insurance that we can get. We've talked about who to call, reach out to your friends, uh, reach out to the certified financial planner body in your in your area. Google is a wonderful tool. And now, Tracy, how do I know which life insurance type is best for me as an entrepreneur in particular? Is one better, is term better than permanent? Like, how do I know? I would say all life insurance is better. Having life insurance is better. And before you go into the weeds, just be gentle with yourself. And if a person is finding it overwhelming, the default is just start with term insurance. Term insurance will cover you um, in a conversion if you become uninsurable. So you can convert to a permanent plan at an intake at an attained age. So what that means is if you buy a, a term policy at age 20 and at age 30, oh, oh, you become uninsurable and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I need to keep this before the premium increases on the schedule that is contractual. Um, you can convert to permanent. So I would say term and permanent are better. I am in my fives or fifties and I still carry some term insurance and I can convert that term insurance, even though I am uninsurable. Now, hopefully there'll be a time where that changes and I become insurable again. But in the meantime, um, term is a great, great place to start. Some people, um, you know, that have more cash flow, they might look at a permanent policy because the younger you are, of course, the cheaper it is. The more we age, we're closer to what's called mortality. So a person buying a permanent policy at age 25 versus someone buying a permanent policy at age 40, well, you know, the first thing is the permanent premium is going to be higher because you're closer to that special day on your calendar. Tracy, I love I love that you're just you're talking about this as it is. I mean, this is something that is going to happen, right? Death and taxes, we can't avoid it. But it's what if? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
but there's certain things that we can put in place. And I love, what did you say? Any insurance is better than no insurance. Any life insurance is better than no life insurance. So yeah, just so have that preliminary conversation and share some of your, some of your, um, cash flow challenges right now, share, you know, any, I'm sure, you know, even some medical history of family, all of this stuff with the individual that you can sit down and have a conversation with can help them, you know, guide you into here's your term insurance options. Here's your permanent life insurance options. And then you can, you can make that decision from there. So exactly. go ahead. You, yeah. So you provided initially sort of why life insurance was important, but I think you have a great story about really why life insurance is, is required as an entrepreneur. I do have a story about a procrastinator and this goes back to why entrepreneurs need insurance. Mm-hmm. So um, a pair of business owners revealed that they did not have enough life insurance on each other if one of them passed. And so they got quotes for term insurance as a starter option. But the partners, they really wanted permanent insurance and cash flow, of course, was a problem. So they procrastinated. They didn't do anything. They, you know, everybody always thinks, like you said earlier, oh, I can get it next year. I can get it next year. Well, the problem is they didn't um, get it next year. And one of the partners died. And that partner left everything to the spouse. The remaining partner, business partner, was suddenly in a partnership with a spouse that could not contribute to the business. This created a cash flow problem as the revenue was halved with only one working business partner. The bank didn't want to finance a buyout of the spouse because of the decrease in the revenue. So the spouse and family certainly experienced a change in lifestyle as there was no cash flow for the household. So I would be saying to everyone, as a reminder, um, the rule of thumb is, if you're not certain about the type of insurance to apply for, start with term insurance. Do not procrastinate. And insure for as much as a needs analysis will allow. So in Canada, um, people cannot, you know, be on a $10,000 income and buy $5 million of insurance. There is actually rules in the Widows and Orphans Act and the Life Insurance Act that says you have to be able to, to prove how much life insurance you actually need. Now, that's never really a problem because the rule of thumb is a person can usually apply for 10 to 25 times their business income. So if your business income is grossing out at a million dollars and you want to buy $20 million of term insurance between you and your partner, there's certainly a case for that. Because if you think a person is, you know, wanting to replace income, well, replacing $100,000 of income over 10 years is a million dollars. 20 years is 2 million. And then you haven't even paid off any debt or anything. So generally, it's not a problem. But under the term rule, I would buy as much as as your needs analysis says that you can have. And this creates options that are available for the future. So please do not be a procrastinator. 
I love that you bring in the specific example that you that you've personally dealt with. And even if you're the sole business owner, you mentioned earlier, many entrepreneurs are the backbone for the cash flow for their business and for their families. Right. So you don't need a you don't need a partner to make sure that there's there's cash flow available if you have your family to support and ongoing business to support. So it's truly having the conversation and they're tough conversations. Nobody likes to talk about death or taxes or money, but it's finding that that true partner and that true advisor that you can have these these conversations with and starting small. Right. Stay out of the weeds, start small, like you said. So Tracy, I'm I'm conscious of your time here. So I do, I know that um, we, we didn't get into the numbers. I do want to talk just briefly about the numbers. So how much is it going to cost me? Because everybody is always concerned with cash flow. So I know that you have a chart that you were going to provide, but high level, can you talk about how much it would cost somebody to get into a term or, or permanent life insurance policy? If we're looking at, um, say, a million dollars of term coverage, on a, a 25 year old non-smoker healthy person um, you'd probably be coming in depending on male female you'd you'd probably be coming in at about 50 to 75 dollars a month depending on the life insurance company and the riders you want mm -hmm. um, for that same whole life policy on um, on a permanent side you could be looking at, and I, uh, you could be looking at three hundred to five hundred a month, depending on how fast you want your your dividends or your cash flow to grow. Amazing. So you're you're from every pendulum to very very reasonable to actually um, having a savings vehicle enhance your actual investment portfolio. Now, saying that, let's say that a person actually does have $5 million of term insurance. You don't have to convert the whole amount at once. There's rules um, on conversion days. The last day you can convert is somewhere around age 60 or age 65. But as a young person, maybe you're in your 30s and you've got that insurance in place, you can convert portions of it. You don't have to convert the whole amount um, at a time and you can retain what what you do not convert. So that's the part of what I'm saying to you is stay out of the weeds, start with term insurance. If you have cash flow, try some permanent insurance, but keep enough term insurance so you have those conversion options and talk with someone you can understand. I love that. And, and just understanding that, yes, you can get in for $50 a month, so it doesn't have to be a large sum of money. Tracy, you have provided our listeners with so much great information, but I do want to make sure, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I would say, like, take a look at the show notes here and look at the, the people that have actually, like it's Forbes Advisor, it's a non-biased group, it has nothing attached to me. Um, I would say to you, um, there's a, there will also be like a link for um, life insurance notes from Sky Planning Group. And you can go to our website. If you, if you feel like you want to talk to someone that you want to build a long-term relationship with, 
you can go to our website and and make a request um, through our online process and really like I just am so passionate about everyone having life insurance and having a relationship with their person. I just really feel like it's been my pleasure to contribute to the finance cafe. And I just look forward to even our paths crossing in the future, because I think that there's so much valuable information that we can pass on to women entrepreneurs. And at this stage, because um, women are being known as um, having the having a lot more wealth to manage than they've ever had in the past, and with you know the transfer of of wealth in in the country, you got to remember that women usually live longer than men. So um, women are looking for advisors that they feel like they can make a connection with, and if we can do that for people, that's what we want to do. Amazing. And Tracy, we, we only started communicating a couple of weeks ago, but I can tell you that, you know, you, you've really warmed my heart with respect to having these conversations and truly a connection that I do hope that our paths continue to cross. And we will be sure to add all of your contact information in our show notes. And I do, I thank you for having the conversation with us, for sharing your knowledge, but more importantly, for looking out for all entrepreneurs out there and all of your clients. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Finance Cafe podcast. Want to dig deeper? As a valued listener, we'd love to offer you an exclusive discount to our financial literacy program. Use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off. Visit thefinancecafe.ca to join or to take our free financial literacy quiz. We would be so grateful if you could show some love for your favorite financial podcast Just like, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you are listening from and help other listeners like you connect with us. See you again next week on the Finance Cafe Podcast.